At home with the gardening gang. Coast FM 963. Coast FM 963, the station with the classic hits. And every Saturday morning, it's Pete and Sherilyn with the gardening gang. And is sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs, open all weekend at Wyoming. <laughs> and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows at Berkeley Vale. Now, these tools that we've got in the back of the shed at our place mm-hmm. are getting a little bit um, needy, shall we say? Are they? Mm-hmm. A little bit blunt, a little bit broken as well. And while things are a bit quiet in the garden, mm-hmm. I thought I might uh, find a place that can uh, do repairs. Okay. But I found out. I found out a lady who's mm-hmm. got the news about where to go mm-hmm. and it doesn't cost any money. Free, free, free. No way. Yep, we're going to talk to her real soon. All right, I believe you'd find something like that. (laughs) Also, with all this heat, we'd like a little bit of coolness. So we're speaking with our friend Luke DiVincenzo from Devo Designs about how to create a water garden or a pond in your backyard. Okay, that's all part of our couple of hours together with the Gardening Gang this morning. Right here at Coast FM 963 with Pete and Sherilyn. FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy here with the Gardening Gang and we're being sponsored today by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs at Wyoming. And also Doormaster Doors and Security Windows, Pete. They're lovely people to mm. deal with, let me tell you, and great sponsors of the Gardening Gang. Luke DiVincenzo is joining us today. He wants to get out of the heat for a moment. He's one of our regular gangsters. He's from Devo Design Landscapers. And we're going to talk about water features today because mm. uh, I think Luke would rather be in the in the water than <laughs> above it. In the fish pond, yes. <laughs> Hi, Luke. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Well, uh, a little bit hot, but we've been thinking, Pete and I, both of us yeah. uh, separately, his garden, my garden, about putting water features in. I would love a koi yeah. fish pond, or maybe not koi because I know they're, they're not very good for the environment, but I'd love yeah. some sort of pond in my garden. Luke, if I'm standing there looking at my garden, what are the first things I've got to consider before I break the earth? Um, I also love a pond. Ponds are great um, to get all the nature and all the flora and fauna smothering into your backyard. Um, and on a hot day like this, great reprieve for animals to get a drink of water. But first top tip would be some location. A pond is, can take the full sun, but it's better having a bit of shade, a little bit of tree cover, but mm-hmm. not under trees that are going to drop leaves all the time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, consideration for location for sure. Mm-hmm. And is there, I've seen at some of the garden centres, they've got these sort of forms. I don't know, they may have fiberglass or something. Yeah, do I need, prefabricated yeah, ponds. Do yeah. I have to buy one of those or can I just like put some plastic down? You don't have to. No, you don't have to. You don't have to. Luke, you know. I know, Luke. How, yeah. How, how? Yeah. <laughs> Look, for a DIY, um, they're, they're really handy because, um, you know, they come pre-waterproofed, which is kind of the whole idea of having a waterproof pond. Um, but if you if you, you can't you don't need to be restricted to that pattern. You can also um, dig your own uh, your own hole and do out of um, marine grade pond liner, which right. I think Bunnings sells as well. Okay. Um, just got to make sure it's marine safe. 
fish friendly. Uh, UV protection so it doesn't disintegrate too quickly. Hang on a minute. Hang on. I've got Mr. Giggles here because he's just picked <laughs> up a garbage bag and I've gone, I, I don't I, think I'm you can use seeing, that, I've just seen this very attractive young lady uh, right. who's uh, got a big uh, shovel over her shoulder <laughs> and digging, a garbage bag. digging yeah. like, you know, half a metre deep. <laughs> Is she burying her husband or something? Oh, <laughs> under the pond. There you go. I've got it. Yeah. I've got it. I've got it. No, it's looking under the pond. You didn't hear it from me. You didn't hear it from me. <laughs> so I reckon Luke would be a better choice than you doing it. Do you think so? Yeah. Do, you, do, you do, ma- so. <laughs> do you do many ponds across the coast then, Yeah, Luke? Yeah, actually, um, it goes through phases. So we had a period where we didn't do them for a while, and now mm. suddenly um, we've done about three in the last couple of months wow. um, with some beautiful bush rock. Some um, mm-hmm. naturalistic looking style. So, mm-hmm. and we love to hide all the pipe work, so you can't see any plastic, no pipes, no mm-hmm. anything. Um, if you're doing it the way where you want to do it, a customized version yourself or, or someone else, there, there needs to be that risk free of perforation of the pond liner. So it's not a matter of digging a hole and chucking a liner in because um, over time there can be some real pressure points. You think of the weight of the water would, oh. would cause some perforations in the in the liner and then you pretty much just got a swampy hole. Mm. Oh, this is why we need an expert because I thought I could chuck it I in. think the other thing too, Luke, is how deep can you go? Because if you go too deep, they want the council will want to class put a, that put as a, a fence pool. Up around your and, pond. Exactly. <laughs> so how, how deep can you um, go in your pond? The, the guidelines are about 300 mil, 300 okay. mil deep. Which um, doesn't foot, sound like much, no. but that's, that's, that would be. Um, there's ways around it. You can put mesh over the top. It just needs to have a mesh over the top or something. So if a kid fell in the pond, they don't yeah. go to the bottom. Yeah. Um, you know, big scale. I mean, big scale ponds, it'd be nice to have a concrete base with some waterproofing and then, oh. you, you know, you're endless to what you can do. Um, and if you set it up so you've got a nice um, microclimate mm-hmm. or a, it's a sort of uh, sustainable um, habit, then then it should look after itself pretty much. Been cleaning a filter every now and then, that's yeah. about it. But yeah, you know. just something back on that koi, Sherilyn, you were talking about. Yes. Um, there are plenty of uh, native fish that you can get from the local aquarium that Ooh. will eat mosquitoes, but they won't hurt the frogs, uh, the tadpoles or the other good bugs and critters. Oh, okay. Um, that's so a good tip. There's, yeah, there's fish like mountain clouds and some rainforest fish that, um, and you know, they're like two bucks a fish and they just, Chuck I mean, them in, and that's it. They look uh, after themselves. They, they don't make a noise either. <laughs> Very yeah, quiet. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to pick up their poo like a dog. And- I'm loving it. I had, did not know that. It's a great tip. Thank you, Luke. He's always got the good tips for us when it comes to landscaping, Pete. Oh, well, he's a crazy guy, but he certainly knows yeah. his stuff. Thank yeah. you, Lukey. Thank you. Thank you, no mate. No problem. Yeah, bye. Devo Designs, Luke DiVincenzo, part of our gang today. He sure is. Let's get back to those great classic hits. Ready to say. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy up and Adam for another Saturday morning over the long weekend. And we've uh, got a whole bunch of things we're talking about today. And surprise, surprise, Sherilyn, Mm -hmm. Kerry Anderson's on the line now. Kerry's with um, Synergy Permaculture Central Coast. And not only that, she has a great story about how to get your tools sharpened yeah, your garden tools sharpened oh, yes. for no money at all. Really? She's found out. Oh, Terry, good morning. Good morning, Kerry. <laughs> She's found out. Oh, Terry, good morning. Good morning, Kerry. 
Good morning. How's it going? Well, it's going very, very well, and we're very intrigued about this particular situation here on the Central Coast where you can take your, your tools that you've probably paid a lot of money for, mm. your snips and your cutters and the whole like, and get them uh, you know, sharpened and repaired. Sharpened and repaired for virtually no dollars. Yeah, what's the what? Terry, what is the gist? Well, it's a fabulous service that we have here on the Central Coast, and I think, you know, it's replicated in quite a few areas around Australia, is called a repair cafe. And uh, the repair cafe actually has been set up because we all care about waste. And instead of, you know, sending things to landfill, kind of keep them repaired and used again and again and again. Mm -hmm. You might have heard of that term of um, built-in obsolescence where things, you know, break down really quite quickly and how frustrating that is compared to the, you know, good old old days where things used to last for years and years and years and we knew how to take care of those things importantly as well, whereas many of us so busy these days and we've lost those sort of basic skills such as tool sharpening. Mm. So at the Repair Cafe, you can come along and it's a voluntary service. There is um, a donation um, jar, but, you know, it is it is essentially free or by donation. Mm-hmm. And not only will our wonderful volunteers sharpen your tools, but they can also teach you how to maintain your tools. So if you're not feeling confident about that, they, they can show you what to do, um, how to sharpen them, how to oil them up, how to tighten up springs and so forth. Wow. And uh, it's just an amazing, amazing service. So, Kerry, if I've got an old pair of secateurs that need sharpening up, what is my next step? Ring you personally well, or chase you up on a <laughs> landline somewhere? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, come along to the Repair Cafe. Um, it runs once a month on the um, third Sunday of the month mm-hmm. up at the community hall there oh, in Gandalura. I know where that is. Yeah, and uh, and the volunteers are there and, and, you know, ready to help you out with sharpening and repairs. So there's other volunteers that might do repairs to, say, clothing. Wow. Um, so repairs to earrings that, and jewellery that might be broken. Uh, lots of wonderful <laughs> options for repairs, depending on the volunteers that are available on the day. And you can just simply look on um, Facebook to find out about Central Coast Repair Cafe because Permaculture Central Coast Auspices Repair Cafe uh, comes under our our umbrella. And Wanda Gomez is the main coordinator. She's Mm -hmm. amazing um, and has Mm -hmm. this beautiful vision. Um, Mm. She was a student of mine many years ago, um, learning about permaculture, and then this is, yeah, sort of grown out of that as well as her love, keeping things out of waste. Um, But the Permaculture Central Coast meeting um, this month is actually focused on the Repair Cafe. So Mm -hmm. our meeting for Permaculture Central Coast, the first one for the year is kicking off on the first Sunday of the month. We've changed um, and part of that change has actually been to change it to the first Sunday of the month so we don't clash with the Repair Cafe because we used to be on the same day. So often our volunteers would be doing a long, you know, a couple of hours, few hours at the Repair Cafe and then, you know, trying to get them along to the meeting afterwards was a bit of a, a, you know, a stress for them. Well, just a recapping there, the Repair Cafe, the third Sunday of every month at Carryong, and That's Permaculture, it. the first Sunday of every month. Exactly. And Kerry has got a workshop coming up as well. I'm looking at all this going, Kerry, you are a busy woman. What's your workshop about? So this time um, I'm doing a, a long uh, for- course format. Um, so six Saturday mornings 
mm-hmm. starting on February the 10th of February at 9.30am and we go through to 12.30pm. So it's just a commitment of six Saturdays mornings in a row and we're going to learn all about how to create your permaculture garden. Ah. So we definitely talk about, you know, permaculture living and how to live more sustainably on this planet. And of course, an important part of that is organic lifestyle and organic gardening and growing some of your own food. So I'm going to give um, the students, uh, you know, uh, each week incremental knowledge on how to grow without chemicals, mm-hmm. how to create no-dig gardens, wicking beds, hugel culture, how to compost, how to worm farm, um, how to propagate, how to yeah take care of your soil, what to look for in the soil, how to do some soil testing. So how do we yeah. find out about more? Where can we find more information? We go to Google, book? do we? Do we Google it? There Google we go. Up, go to uh, Google. Terry, yeah, my, my, my website is just under construction at the moment, but my basic page holder is there with the link to the Humanitics, which is where the tickets are available through Humanitics. I'm also on social media under Synergy Permaculture on both Facebook and Instagram and the links are on there as well to the to the course. So yeah, it's really, we have so much fun. I keep the numbers really low. It's offered here in my home garden. We um, sit on the beautiful covered deck overlooking the rainforest and we get hands-on in the garden and see all the different strategies there as well. So lots of fun. Brilliant. Terry Anderson, what a bunch of knowledge you are today. Yes, I love it. I love it. Uh, we, um, we, should, we should stay in contact. We should. Particularly about That'd how to sharpen knives. <laughs> Forks. Yeah, I need a few around here. <laughs> We've been speaking with Kerry Anderson. I the beautiful things like the permaculture gardening. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but anyway... We've been speaking with Kerry Anderson and she's from Synergy Permaculture right here on the Central Coast and we've been having a chat about the Repair Cafe and also her courses. Thank you, Kerry. Back to the classic hits here on Coast FM 963. Coast FM 963. Coast FM 963, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy to my left here and... Uh, <laughs> Who's to my right? Who's to your There's right? There's a big computer here. There is a big computer that's <laughs> running everything for us. I hope it's not and it's AI. it's got on there. The temperatures today will be around about the mid-20s. Now, mm. let me say yesterday was just so oppressive. Oh. It's knocked a few uh, flowers around. A few flowers, a few leaves. We've had a couple of calls, people saying, my God, mm. there are parts of my garden that may never revive. Any solutions there? Look, unfortunately, there might be parts of your garden that don't survive, but I've got a couple of tips here so that you can just help your garden out a little bit. The first thing to do is, of course, water. Water deeply. Give them lots of nice water so that they're revived. And by the end of the day or tomorrow, if there's any leaves that look like they're just not going to come bounce back, trim them off because you're going to get the plant struggling to try to fix those leaves and it really can't. So it needs to conserve its energy to look after the rest of the plant. So So what's most prone... What sort of flowers are most prone to these hot uh, Oh, hot Pete, days, anything mate? that's not native. That's it. Our really? native, our native flora. That there's another tick in the box there for our natives. They they're built to survive this sort of thing. So anything that's not native. The other thing that you've got to do as well to help revive not the natives but the other plants is once they've been really well hydrated. So probably in a few days, give them a good feed with some sea salt. Now it's not actually a feed. We always say feed about sea salt, but it's not a. Feed Fertilizer. It's like having a Barocca, so it gives them a bit of a boost. A bit of a kick. So any of those seaweed emulsions, they'll give them a little kick along.
along as well and just make them feel a bit better. Make sure that the soil is kept moist around there as well and a bit of mulch helps too. That'll retain the water. So that's what you need to do. Rehydrate, give them a little bit of a boost. We have a, quite a few uh, succulents at home. My, my bride is very uh, succulent savvy, mm-hmm. a bit like Susan. <laughs> At Empire Bay. G'day, Susan. Yeah. Uh, are they prone to um, damage in heat? Or I wouldn't s- think they've got so much water in those leaves. <laughs> they, they're going to survive a you know, nuclear holocaust. Uh, they, they, they can, but they, if you have a look at them, if they start wrinkling up, they do need a little bit of water as well, and they need to be protected from the heat too because not all succulents come from the desert. People think that and think, oh, it's okay, they'll be fine, but not necessarily. They'll need to be shaded too and looked after in future. But have a look at your succulents now. Now, don't overwater them. Don't go crazy. But if they are looking a little limp, yep, a bit of water there will help. Great stuff there, Sheldon. Yeah. As the, the summer moves along, we're only halfway through. We are, we are. So there could be some of those really hot ones return again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Coast FM, this is the Gardening Gang every Saturday morning and uh, we're being sponsored too by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also... Doormaster, Security, Security doors, doors and windows. Oh, a duo there. There this we morning. are. That's nice. <laughs> Coast FM. Coast FM. Nine six three Coast FM. Coast FM. Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy on this Saturday morning. I take my hat off to Vicky. Oh, okay. Because she's here every Saturday <laughs> joining us for a bit of fun and she researches all the various nurseries around the coast mm. and finds the best bugs. Find out what is the hottest selling stuff. Vicky, good morning to you. Hey, hey, hey. How are you? Hey, hey, hey. Feeling good, good, good. Now, Vicky, tell us about what's hot in the uh, gardening world this week. Well, a lot of people have probably seen them flowering around the streets at the moment. Crepe myrtles are definitely hot. And Burbank and Erin Heights have got lots of beautiful crepe myrtles in stock and it looks like they're all flowering. Ooh. And next door, yeah, you would love those, Cheryl. I reckon it's a plant that you would love. It is. And next door at the Wildflower Meadow, for today only, you can save 25% off of all native plants. So that's just today, the 27th. And save twenty five percent off all native plants. That's fantastic. Get your flannel flowers and your waratahs and Ooh, your grevilleas. It's Saturday special, huh? It is. Yeah, Saturday it's a big one. Saturday special. Mm. I might even head there myself. Mm. Garden Center. They have the highly sought after color bond hanging baskets. Now a lot of people are asking for these, and apparently they've been really hard to get. So I thought I'd mention that you can get them at Shamhaven Garden Center. Okay. They've also got the color bond fence planter boxes, so. If you've got a colour bond fence and you want to plant up, head to Shamhaven Garden Centre. Forest's Beach Garden Centre have the most gorgeous blooming compact bougainvilleas in stock. And you might have noticed the past couple of days have been very warm. Not to fear, the bows love that kind of heat. Vicky, what about the uh, Narara Valley Nursery? We should give them equal time too, shouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Yes, well, of course the best nursery on the Central Coast needs some time. And we've still got the 20% off all plant sale, but I also wanted to say for the plant collectors out there, we've got the Euphorbia Ghost Cactus, highly sought after. We've got plenty, but you should hurry because they always sell out. And we also have the String of Turtles in hanging baskets, and these String of Turtles are absolutely beautiful. <laughs> string of turtles. You know what? I had to find a string of turtles for my daughter for her birthday last year. It was the it was 
hot on the top of the list and they were so expensive last year. They've come down a little bit, are but they're still popular. Turtles, are they? No, they're, they're little succulents that look like turtles oh. in a string. <laughs> They've, people are probably familiar with string of pearls, which are the little, they look like little balls that are falling down. And these look like, they really do look like little turtles as well, don't they, Vic? <laughs> they do. It's like little turtle shells. They're very cute. Very, very cute. Cheap, very cute and uh. highly sought after. And the price is very reasonable. Yeah, they, they have come down. But they're good now. Mm-mm-mm. Fabulous. Okay, that's a good excuse to get down to Narara Valley Nursery <laughs> today. Check out the uh, string of turtles. Okay, now, Vic, we've got uh, Madam standing by here with a grin on her face today. No. Because time to release the program. Is it segment. a fact or is it a fib? This is it. Ready ready to play along okay. at home as well. At the moment, Hosty. I'm doing okay, but Vicky, Are you doing I'm okay? sure that you're going to recover today. Recover I form. Yeah, I think well, we that's need okay. FaceTime on this so I can look at Sherilyn's cheeky face. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that right? You can look at my face. He looks yeah, at my face okay. and he doesn't get it right, so don't worry. I've got a poker <laughs> face. I'm okay, off we go. Here we go. We're talking about garden tools and things you can do in the garden. We're always talking about that. But have you ever thought of how long we've been composting for? A long time. Now, this is a fact, everybody. We've been composting in the garden for about 10,000 years, and the first written account of composting was actually made by the king of Sargon, How's that? Which is now actually Iraq. It was written on a a clay tablet in Mesopotamia describing how you can compost. But have you ever wondered where the word compost comes from? I'm going to put this to you. Is it a fact or is it a fib that the word compost is Latin? It comes from the word compostissum, which means a mixture. That's all it means. And it can be in a mixture of anything. And I'm put it to you, is that okay. a fact or well, a fib? I haven't been to uni to study horticulture. How about you, Vic? Have you uh, had that experience <laughs> in your life? Uh, no. I don't know if they tech? teach you that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I have, but they don't really teach you these little... Well, take a stab. I'm going to have a stab, and I'm going to say... That's <laughs> my I'm going to say it's true. Uh, I'm going to suggest I'm on the same um, page as you, Vic. I think she's got it right this time. I'm suggesting she is spot on. Ah, it is true. Compostia comes from the Latin word compistum, which means a mixture. Lots of other words come from that as well, from that actual word, mortar and pistol, all those sorts of things to put things together. It means to mix things together to enrich something else. So there you go. Both of you get the gold star this week. Okay. Well, Vic, thank you very much for being on the team today (laughs) and being in the, uh, shall we say, the the smart box today. Well done, Vic. And everybody get into Narara Valley Nursery and come and say hello to What's Hot Vicky. Yeah, What's Hot Vicky's got all the answers, I can tell you now. She can't help herself, can she? All right. (laughs) She's got a free plug in there as well. Thank you, Victoria. Have a nice one. Thanks, guys. There we are. What's Hot Vicky every week from uh, Narara Valley Nursery here at Coast FM with Pete and Sherilyn. Now, back to the classic hits. You're right at home with the Gardening Gang, Coast FM 963. Coast FM 963 with Pete Little, Sherilyn Darcy this Saturday morning. And the gardening gang together, we're in nice air-conditioned comfort here at the radio station, Sherilyn. Ah. So do they want to get their hands dirty? Here's the question. (laughs) Well, no, I think we're giving information today. Oh, Steve. Oh, Steve. 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 I thought Steve may have missed out today. 
I know Steve thought this what this segment wasn't going to be on at all. You're right, Pete. But Steve <laughs> and Pete, it is going to be on time to get your hands dirty, coasties. All right, what's on for plant lovers around the coast? There's a Kokodama workshop on at Burbank at Saddles at Mount White, and that is on today at 11 a.m. Join them for a creative and hands-on Kokodama workshop. Now, Kokodama is a Japanese style of hanging plant. Or well, sometimes they do put them on tables. They're beautiful. Discover this fantastic art. Make yourself your own Kokodama to take home. And you'll also get to unwind and relax in the beautiful Saddles Burbank Nursery. You will need to book. So get your pens out, 43701010 to book your place. Steve? <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's get into the garden. All right, into the garden. The things you can plant at the moment, there's still plenty on that you can stick in the dirt. Culinary herbs can go in. Beans, beetroot, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cabbages, that's all sorts of cabbages, cape gooseberries, capsicums, carrots, cauliflowers, celery, chicory, cress, cucumbers, eggplants, endives. Leeks can go in. Lettuces can still go in as well. And you can put in your pumpkin still for a while. Radishes, rhubarb, rosella as well. Silver beet can definitely go in now. Oh, gosh, I love that for winter. Spring onions and all your squashes can go in. Sweet corns. You can still put tomatoes in, but I'd be leaning towards the tiny toms now because they can grow all year round on the coast. Zucchinis can go in. Same thing. We're in the last few weeks of that. Now, looking at flowers, how about some asters, baronias, Californian poppies, coxcomb, and so can cosmos, cyclamens, dahlias, but just the seeds, not the tubers, geraniums, and also salvia snapdragons. I can see Steve's got his belt. Ah, Sunflowers can go in. Vinkers and also... It's zinnia time across the coast. Put those in as well. Oh, it's still the best segment of the the day here with Sherwin. Just getting your hands dirty with a million different plants there. That's right. Thank you, Sherwin. Check that out in the paper this week too. That's right. All those details on where you can plant and what to plant in the garden. Yeah, so this week down in the garden and Central Coast newspapers, I'm talking about flowering shrubs. I like a little bit of shrubbery. Oh, back to the classic hits with a bit of shrubbery with Pete and Sherwin. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy on this Saturday morning with the Gardening Gang. We've got uh, the market report coming up now mm-hmm. by Doreen on Wheels. Oh! Yes, she's not in she's not the here. studio. I was looking around she's for her. She's not at. She's out with the RV. Uh, out with the RV. That's exactly I right. I know. Hello, yep, Doreen. Yep, yep. Doreen. Good morning. But let's just think about the markets around the coast. What's happening? Okay. Well, a little unusual one. Morissette Markets are holding an Australia Day market today. It's on at the showground and it runs from 12 noon till 9 p.m. There's food trucks, market and craft stalls and kids' entertainment. Did you say 12 noon to 9 p.m.? So it's an afternoon one. Okay. It's a nighttime one, yeah. I've heard you clearly. Thank you. PM one. Okay. PM one. Okay, yeah. Edelong Fresh Food Market's being held today and every Saturday at the Broken Bay Scout Hall on Picnic Parade between 7 and 1. And you'll find fresh fruit and veggies, eggs and deli items on sale. Mangrove Mountain Markets are being held today between 9 and 3 on the corner of Georgetown Drive and Bloodtree Road, specialised in homemade preserves, cakes, crafts and plants. And Long Jetty Markets are on today between 9 and 2 on the foreshore. Pop over to the markets for lunch and have a browse around their beautiful stalls. There's lots to see like fashion, homewares, jewellery, local produce and international street food. And that's it for today. Okay, let's uh, check out the 
weather for tomorrow? No, not the weather. <laughs> the, mar- the markets <laughs> for the market? weather. The markets for tomorrow, Doreen. I can, I can try guessing the weather, but, you know, no, <laughs> I'm not really good at that. Yeah, so, okay. okay, tomorrow. Sunday. Quickly lines, yep, tomorrow's Sunday. Tookley Lions Club markets are on in the Coles car park, Tookley, between 8 and 1. Go along, browse through their stalls and grab a bargain or two. And Gosford City Farmers Market is being held tomorrow at the Gosford Showground between 7 and 1. Fresh produce, daily items and free-range eggs, just to mention a few. Avoca Beachside Markets are being held tomorrow between 9 and 2 at Hazlitt Park, Foreshore. Go along and see the food and produce stalls, arts and homewares. There's also live music and lots of treats to nibble on while you browse. This one I'm not confirmed on, uh, but usually they have it on the last Sunday. Woi Woi Lions Club are holding their car boot market. It's on between 7 and 1 and you'll find a great variety of stalls along with a barbecue, tea and coffee. Woi Woi Lions, that's the one near the um, golf course, I think, isn't it? Yeah, near Everglades. Dunban Road, that's it. I think so. I probably am a little bit remiss. I haven't put their location naughty me. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> where they usually are. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and just to wrap it up for tomorrow, the second-hand goods and specialty items, check out the Entrance Lions Club charity market being held tomorrow and every Sunday between 8.30 and 12.30 in the Denning Street car park. Okay, now drive carefully. It's going to be a busy weekend on the road. Doreen, I yes. don't need to tell you about that. You mm. and your driving husband, they know your place, don't you? On the left lane there. We just, yeah, we just <laughs> slot right in there. <laughs> Everyone go around. <laughs> okay, Doris, thanks very much for that. Catch you next week. Bye, Doreen. Thank you. Bye. With the Gardening Gang here at Coast FM, that's the Market Report. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy just getting off the line now. I, Claude was on the line while that uh, yes. was playing and uh, he had a question about the uh, zucchinis. He did. He said they're massive. <laughs> uh, but the situation is that the uh, zucchini looks yes. like a marrow of sorts. It looked, and, and he said he and tried to cook it. And they're not very tasty. It, it, I know, Ooh, Claude. Why? Yeah, well, at the moment, our zucchinis are being harvested at the moment. And what's happened with Claude's zucchini patches? He has left his zucchinis there too long. That's it, growing them. I don't know why. Maybe he wants to enter a, a competition or something. I don't think something. he had any friends at Christmas time. Therefore, <laughs> he's still got them in them. So, Patch. Claude and everybody, when you leave your zucchinis there for a long time, they magically become marrows. Now, we start calling them marrows and they're big and they are bitter. They become bitter. So what you can do with them, don't throw them away. Keep them. You can get them, slice them in half lengthwise, scoop out the insides and stuff them and bake them. Oh. Oh, slice them like a, a banana. Like a, a cr- banana, like a, oh, yeah. like a, like a, like a boat. They look a, like a banana split, yep. I guess. But you can stuff them with the most, like anything really. But what's really nice is leftover spaghetti bolognese. That's what's really tasty. Or you, can, or, or you can make your own. You can put some, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, you can also put some spaghetti sauce of some sort, sprinkle it with cheese, bung it in the oven and... Mm-mm. So something with a tomato base is going it to work. It sort huh? of does. It sweetens it up. Well? Cheese as tomato well is cheese? nice. But the thing is about the tomato, you can stuff it with anything, but tomatoes sweeten those marrows. That's what ends up happening. So it 
it takes away that bitterness as well. And they're lovely. Mum used to make it for us all the time. Haven't you ever had it before, the stuffed zucchinis? Oh, I seem to have a recollection of spitting them out when Granny made them. Oh. I don't know why. Anyway, I was only a kid. <laughs> anyway, Claude, grab that spag bowl, throw it in your zucchini, in your marrows. That's what it is. Invite some friends over. They'll thank you for it. It's kind of like a low-carb uh, pizza, I guess. That's what oh, you can okay. have. Okay, yeah. there we go. Something for nothing from Miss uh, Darcy today <laughs> and the gang. And thanks for calling, Claude. You're listening to Coast FM. 6 8. Coast FM. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy with the Gardening Gang. My birthday's only just around the corner. Oh, is it? Yes, I'm <laughs> turning into a very old. No, cat. you're not. <laughs> and that brings to mind insurance. Ah. Years ago, I had life insurance, and mm-hmm. as I get old, got older, mm-hmm. Cheryl, and it became more expensive, more expensive, more yep. expensive. Because one's likelihood of lasting another 20 years is well away from any reality. But I thought today we'd talk to Tanya Middleton, our pet vet, about Mm -hmm. the likelihood Mm. of um, shelling out for money. Because you see on TV now, they they try and, um, you know, interest you in in buying pet insurance. Oh, yeah, but that's not not life insurance, Pete. I hope you know that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, Tanya (laughs) might be able to help us. Tanya Middleton, our pet vet. Good morning to you, Tanya. Hello. Well, you heard the background there. I, you can't insure me for life or money. It's like uh, pet insurance. It doesn't involve. It doesn't involve a life policy. It's just for what medical services, is it? Yes, that's right. It's not. It's well. I mean, there may be some sort of life insurance for, for famous famous pets. I, I'm actually not too sure about that. Oh, I yes, don't know. some of those Instagram, um, TikTok pets, they maybe are. So in general terms, um, with your the, you know, the work you do in the vet, uh, the vet area, uh, are, these, are these like policies mm. that cover uh, most services that the vet is required for? These days, pet insurance is, is actually quite good. When I was working in oncology, pet oncology, uh, insurance often would cover, some insurance, not all, like always read the fine print, some insurance would cover uh, oncology for patients who had cancer. Mm. Yeah, look, it is it is much better than it used to be, but you've just got to, like I say, you've got to pick the insurance that is affordable for you, obviously, and that is right for your pet. Look, I don't know for every insurance company, and I certainly can't recommend one. In that's general terms, than the other. yeah. I know that for uh, I think for cats, um, they have to be under seven to qualify. Okay. For dogs, I'm not sure what the age limit is for dogs. You'd have mm-hmm. to have to check that out. And sometimes with some dogs, to, to cover them for some policies, they do have to have their hips checked and things like uh-huh. that. But again, that's mm-hmm. something you'd need to check out with the right. insurers. Now, thinking about that, we, we heard last week in the show that uh, your little uh, mm. little cat, uh, Levi, uh, has been uh, diagnosed with uh, some uh, diabetes? diabetic mm-hmm. issues. Mm. Are they the sort of things that come under the pol- under policies as well, when you have to re uh, rejig their diet mm-hmm. or their treatments, or, or so, would that be a, an insured yeah, look, situation? Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, again, it would depend on the insurer, just like health insurance for, for humans. Some covers cover some things and some don't. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them cover like knee surgeries and, like I said before, uh, oncology services. 
Yeah, so definitely, definitely. Uh, Bites and ticks and things like that, I imagine they're covered too. And Sherilyn's seen that happen Um, in a previous animal, unfortunately. mm -hmm. We lost him. I did lose her, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, look, I think more and more things are covered. I think there's like an accident cover, uh, like some insurers have an accident cover. I know that years ago, one well-known insurer wasn't covering ticks, but I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure they do now. Um, But like I say, always read the fine print. But as a pet owner Mm. and also a a vet professional, Mm -hmm. it's something you Mm. think is worthwhile, do you? Um, Yeah, look, I I do. Look, there's two ways you can go about it. You can can have insurance or if you have enough self-control, pop some money aside each week. But Mm. that does take a lot of self-control, particularly if you are in a situation where you know, the current financial state of the country mm. is, you know, not the best at the moment. I sometimes wish I had pet insurance for Levi, but in saying that, I do have I do have a credit card for him. Uh-huh. And it's just his. Right. Um, but also, on the flip side of that, I've never needed it because I've always been in the industry his whole life, and I do get decent discounts. So, yes. look, it depends. Or if you're wealthy enough or if mm-hmm. you're, you know, you've got some backing because you just never know. I've seen animals being hit by cars or, you know, something has happened and they've needed to go on ventilation mm-hmm. for, you know, a week and there's $20,000. Right. I think the other, the other smart thing you can do is place an amount, you know, chat to your family and place an amount on it. And, oh, you know, so it's no, all to do with peace of it, mind. But on your, yeah. Oh, yeah. how much are you going to spend? Well, that's right. This sounds real. I know yeah. where, where Tanya's going with this, and, yeah. and we did do this mm. uh, when the kids were young, particularly. We went with that, no, <laughs> yeah. with our beautiful gypsy who was nine years old, nine year old boxer, which is at the end of their, their life. But she um, she got bitten by a tick. We, mm. she, was in, uh, yeah. she was ventilated overnight. We actually didn't catch a tick very much in time. So she'd, or the paralysis had started. Mm. And we, we had young children mm. as well. We had an amount. We, we actually said we're only going to go to this much. We did go a little bit over, you know, because we couldn't afford it. That's it. So she yeah. was ventilated one yeah. night, got the anti-venom, and I think it was like got to $1,500 and we'd gone, oh, $2,000 is it. That's it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. they said, look, we can keep ventilating, you know, and we were like the dog will probably only live another year anyway, and that is a hard call big to make. Decision. But it's like yeah, we had young big, children yeah. and it's like, and you do have to weigh that up. You have to weigh it up. And I know some people might be listening going, oh, no, I'd do anything. But it's like you have to be sensible sometimes and you have to, I think those conversations, you're right, Tanya, to have them early mm. and go, this is, you know, yeah. are we going to pay $20,000 to keep this dog alive, $50,000, or is $2,000 reasonable, $5,000 reasonable? And it's a hard conversation, but I think it's one that is uh, you need to do. Well, we've got a, a couple of uh, opinions today, but most of them mm-hmm. agree that uh, it is worth the investment if Insurance. you have the right circumstances. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. But look, I, I've got to say this. But I think people understand what we're going through here. Uh, it's all about uh, enjoying the value of our pets while they're alive uh, yes, and keeping them happy and gay. 
Yep. Hang on, rephrase <laughs> that. And keeping them happy and full of life. That's and, right. Uh, that's and what the show's best. about. Let's not worry about the alternative. Thanks, guys. There's Tanya Middleton from our Pet Vet Department with the Pet Talk on Coast <laughs> FM. Yeah, <laughs> you're listening to Coast <laughs> FM, the home of the classic kids. The Gardening Gang with Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy. Lachlan McDonald's joining us today, all ready to rock and roll. He always is. Yes, he's all ready to <laughs> rock and roll for the long weekend. Now, uh, Lachlan, thanks for joining us too, by the way. I hope you have a, hope you have a, a pleasant long weekend. Now, um, got a question here in relation to a report that was actually briefed to us on the realestate.com website this week about hmm. the expected increase in housing in the Sydney market of 23% over the next three years. Now, that to me is an extraordinary increase in real estate. Hmm. And you no doubt maybe have those figures at your fingertips, but uh, what do you think the impact will be here on the Central Coast of those increases? Yeah, well, um, Peter, it's certainly there's been a lot of talk about what the market's going to do this year. And uh, I think initially the conversation was around sort of modest but continued growth throughout sort of the major capitals. But um, as we've sort of started to get into the new year, there's, there's been a, a lot more discussion around looking like it could be very strong growth yet again. Um, so Sydney's median house price, so you guys might have seen this, now uh, ticked over the 1.6 million mark already, oh, um, yep. which is a new new high. <laughs> yes. um, so um, obviously another sort of 23% on top of that. I mean, we're getting up to some quite eye-watering figures, aren't we? Look, almost unsustainable, I think, unless we've got a lot of very wealthy people mm-hmm. who are moving in to buy these properties. Yeah. I think that always sort of comes back to that that same follow-on effect we often talk about, which is uh, obviously as soon as one market becomes unaffordable and continues to become unaffordable, you will see people being pushed out of that market into the next best option. Now, there are a lot of people who would obviously be, you know, thinking, well, hey, you know, the coast is not the next best option. It's a better option than living in Sydney. But to some people in Sydney, they might be thinking, hey, look, um, that's a a good sort of option for us considering we can't buy in Sydney. So Mm. fair enough Mm. to both viewpoints, I think. Mm. 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 Now, thinking about uh, the Central Coast market, if I've got a place for sale, should I sell it now or should I hang on for the big increases? Yeah, it's a it's a definitely a good a good thing to think about, um, and I suppose it, it all depends on whether you're buying and selling in the same market, Pete. Like if you've got a, an investment property and you're thinking about trying to maximise it, hey, you know maybe you do wait a couple of months and see how this year sort of pans out. That maybe that doesn't hurt you. But if you're buying and selling in the same market on the coast and prices are going to increase, whatever increase you achieved on your own property, you're just going to pay a similar percentage on your next purchase. So it's probably not going to make too big a difference to you. Mm. And for those ones who aren't in the market yet, they're running right behind the the race, aren't they? It's so hard, isn't it, to get in these days? Darcy and I got uh, into the market here quite some years ago, Mm -hmm. and we're benefiting like a lot of people do. Mm. Uh, by those increases. But the question remains, where mm. do we 
finish up going. Well, I'm not. If we do get out of the market. No, I'm not. I'm just going to stay where I am. I'm telling you now. That's it. They take me out in a box. That's it. She'll be the uh, she will be the mayor of Lake Munro or the lady mayoress. I thought she was already. Well, there you go. She's she's got a couple of uh, contenders out there, but she's the best known. I'm a good ambassador for Lake Munro. Let's put it that way. Uh, Okay, Lachlan, that uh, that helps us through that uh, question there. Avoid 23% forecast in the real estate market in Sydney may well reflect on the Central Coast in much the same sort of time frame. Mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Lachlan McDonald joins us every week on Coast FM talking real estate. Uh, thanks for your time, buddy. Catch you later. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers. You're listening to Coast FM 963, home of the classic hits. Great classic hits right here from Coast FM 963. Pete and Sherilyn, thank you for your company today. Yeah. Thanks to Alan Graham and also to Doormaster for their support and their sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And Sherilyn, have a nice weekend. You too, Pete. Stay amazingly cool. I'm going to jump into my new pond, I'm telling you. <laughs> See you next week, gangsters.